0: A playlist original.
1: tori and who is ready to be petty welcome back to another episode of rtbp i'm so glad you're here today i am joined by two very special guests marco and emily from the old millennials podcast and we had so much fun talking about some very random but very fun pop culture topics We do mention the very impactful (laughs) legacy of Life with Derek, a Canadian like Disney Channel TV show. And as I sat down to record this intro, You know I just did a quick last check of the internet to I was gonna say interwebs like I was like truly an old millennial but I did a last quick check of what was up online just in case I missed something groundbreaking and I did. It's that the Life with Derek sequel movie got filmed in Ontario this summer. It is called Life with Luca and our faves Casey and Derek are back as a mom with three kids and a dad, a rock star single dad with one son. And we don't know about the other cast members, like all the other sibs and the parents and friends and stuff like that. But I'm just so confused because the premise was Casey and Derek's dad and mom got together and they had a blended family. And now Casey and Derek have kids are they going to have a blended family? Once again, asking the question, are they fucking? (laughs) Because it is, you know, an age-old question at this point. It has haunted my entire adult existence. uh, Let's just say that. But I cannot wait for this incredible, you know, probably cinematic masterpiece. So, (laughs) so, (laughs) there'll definitely be coverage on that. So, fucking binge life with Derek like right now it's a it's a it'd be a real easy binge let me tell you that right now just a little side tange I am binging below deck sailing yacht I'm on season 2 episode 2 season one went down real smooth I think I binged that over the last like four days I'm doing well mentally if you wanted to know clearly (laughs) but it's so fun and I love shows that are so bingeable like this okay I'm getting off I'm getting off track the last thing I wanted to say because it is like huge news like news I've been now thinking about for like four days but Taylor Swift is releasing her 10th studio album, Midnight's. It looks so depressing and so sad. It's out in my peak seasonal depression time, October 21st, and no one could be more excited for me. I have been listening to folklore on my depression walks, my troll strolls as Emily Rose from It's Become a Whole Thing is coined, but I'm ready for some new content and we're heading into that season that if literally someone like looks happy, <laughs> I'm pissed. So I just cannot wait. I've been obviously down the rabbit hole about all the conspiracy theories. Like I can okay, picture this. I'm laying in my bed. I have um, my RTPP cup full of water (laughs) in one hand. I have my phone with TikTok and Taylor Swift conspiracies in the other hand. And then my laptop is playing below deck. Um, That's been me for the last four days. So I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Let me know if Nick and I should do a deep dive like our folklore deep dive and tell me your conspiracy theories. I want to hear what you're most excited for. Anyways, that's all from me. I think it's time to get to today's episode. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Emily and Margot. I'm back with two very special guests, Emily and Margot from the Old Millennials podcast. Emily, Margot, how are you both doing? You, how are you? Good. I'm so excited to be chatting pop culture. Us
2: too. Very excited. And especially, we are very ready to be petty, as we often are. (gasps) Wake up ready. (laughs) If you stay ready, don't don't have to get ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stay hungry, stay foolish, stay petty. (laughs) 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 Clear eyes,
2: heart full of petty. (laughs) Literally.
1: (laughs) Literally, sometimes I feel like I am one of those bros like a finance bro being like if you stay ready (laughs) hustle mentality like that is me yes but with pettiness so (laughs) that's perfect can you tell the listeners the rtbp listeners a little bit about yourselves and your podcast i'll start
0: um Hey, uh, I'm Emily. I live in Oakland. I co-host Old Millennials podcast. I'm a huge fan of pop culture. Uh, our podcast is a deep dive on shallow topics from the 90s, 2000s. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, beyond. Uh, so we basically try to find the connections from what's going on ripped from the headlines of celeb gossip and uh reboots and whatnot and find the tie-ins to uh what was going on in our lives back when we were preteens or teens and how it's all related oh god
1: is it related hey like that could be a thesis it really a you know our thesis. podcast
0: really sometimes
2: feels like that we're like are we working towards our dissertation like will we i feel like every time we learn something new and horrifying and how it can be applied to present day and how much we have and haven't learned but we make it fun we're fun yeah. You know, some of the topics yes. are a little heavy. We try to avoid some heavy topics and sometimes it goes there. But I think we have a good time and we unfortunately mm-hmm. reference nine eleven a lot. So there's that because <laughs> it was like a seminal moment that yeah, has, like, okay. has a sort of ripple in pop culture that everywhere. is everywhere. It touches everything in ways that you wouldn't even think.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Like even I was on a plane recently and I watched the first five episodes oh, of yeah. Sex in the City. And even just, like, or, like, I remember watching Friends and they had, like, a small tribute to 9-11. And, like, I'm Canadian. We went through this. They're not Canadian. (laughs) I am Canadian. They're both French, so I just assumed (laughs) they were Québécois. But but even in Canada, like, it really was um, maybe not as life-altering as for Americans, but, like, the... The trauma and the like. We watched it like it was playing in our school, like our elementary school, like on a you know one of those oh, yeah. where they wheel yeah. up the TVs with the VCRs and stuff like that. Like it was, yeah, it definitely was pivotal for for lots of millennials, elder millennials, <laughs> like us. <laughs> what made you both choose this specific topic? Because obviously, there's a lot of things that intersect with millennial culture pop culture but what was the specific draw of like the growing up aspect with like current day
2: I think that kind of evolved more out of uh, as time went on and the longer we were talking about pop culture it's like you can't help but notice these parallels especially once some of these like retrospective docs like I think something that kind of Made us tie it more heavily together as seasons went on was the uh, framing of Britney Spears doc where we just we had talked about so many topics that had a cross section with that whether it was tabloid culture or diet culture and just how mean media and just society in general was to women in the early 2000s and like kind of the mark on your psyche that it leaves you and when you're older you you have the perspective to be able to and the vocabulary to verbalize the things that made you feel uncomfortable and I think there's a little bit of that too but I mean when we started out it was mostly because we really wanted to talk about the hills in Laguna beach and yeah. it was like before everybody yeah. had a rewatch show um, and all that stuff and we just really wanted to yeah. get the backstory like we really love like a behind the scenes like our show is a little bit like behind the music or like making of the music video because we that's sort of like the format that like imprinted on us like the most but i think that the trying to draw parallels is just something that like naturally evolved over time as as we got better at making a podcast
0: Mm. i think what's interesting in our shift is like we you know to your point margot we started like just as reboot culture was really booming and Mm -hmm. like everybody and their mother because everyone was coming out of the streaming platform was announcing a reboot or a remake of X reunion reunion of whatever 90s, 2000 sitcoms or reality shows or they're rebooting it with a new factor or we're going to make it diverse this time because we'll recognize that there aren't just white people in the world like there there was a bit of that but what's been interesting in the last two seasons I feel like we've shifted to being kind of oracles because we'll talk about a topic and then like three weeks later there's an announcement like we talked about the iPod evolution and like three weeks later Apple announced they were retiring the iPod altogether so it's it's been interesting to see us you know recapping what's going on around us announcement wise for us making predictions to what ends up happening just you know a few weeks months later.
1: I love that especially because I feel like people like, that grew up in the 90s and 2000s, I feel like are predicting a lot of these, like, trends. Like, I'm definitely on, like, trend-spotting TikTok, and I feel like a lot of, I guess, they do this for a living, so they're more inclined to be right because they're probably better at it, but, like, it's wild at how you can just see this cyclical tracking of, yeah, these kind of themes or even, like like, when you said, like, diet culture, it's, like, well, that's still persistent. It's just repackaged for the 2022 lens. It's now, like... It's, like,
2: health and wellness, right? Like, you wouldn't call it, like, an Atkins diet. You would call it, like, a meat-happy lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, it just is packed. like you said, packaged differently. Like, what was it like snack wall cookies, Emily, the ones that you were talking about? Like oh, those yeah. are just you know, they're just <laughs> yeah. something that you get like in a I mean, yeah, you, or like even up our daily. Yeah, thing, yeah. You know? Everything
0: now is like low sugar. So you yeah. have a low sugar candy alternative. You have like a low sugar this or that. I mean mm-hmm. I even have like a family friend I grew up with, she has a business of low sugar gummies and she's in urban outfitters and like all these stores which is amazing Mm -hmm. but it's amazing how like now that's the new uh thing that we we focused on and it went from being low fat to sugar or low sugar alternatives
1: yeah so interesting it's like that's what i'm also finding and i'm assuming this is what you're saying too but yeah that it it is just like same shit, different Day, like truly, it's so wild, which makes me feel discouraged. <laughs> like, like, that like progress isn't happening as like quick as I'm hoping for with some of these. I mean, I think
2: the stuff. silver lining that I cling to is like everything is a cycle. So hopefully, this cycle will come to its natural conclusion at some point, and then we can kind of make way for something new. I mean, especially entertainment industry related it's like you kind of got to wait till like some mm-hmm. of these execs like step down or die or whatever for like real yeah, change die. to happen <laughs> yeah. but real change yeah. eventually will like I'm not worried about like movie theaters closing because like people will always want to go to the movies you just have to make stuff that's more compelling and it's like movie studios are the last people to understand that it's just you have to hold fast to what you want to actually see and then something will happen slowly but mm-hmm. surely
0: and I think there is like, Mm -hmm. to your point, the other thing is, even though we've changed some of the words, and it's a little bit of like, the more things change, the more they stay the same in some ways. I do think it's really refreshing to start to see at least like, those people who are in the rooms kind of making decisions or being featured at least in a lot of these things, even if it's just a reboot of an existing show. They are people who reflect the the world that we live in now, little by little, like those changes are starting to show up permanently, Mm -hmm. and not just as a... Uh, you know, seasonal thing or a quick response to, to you know, something going on. Except Che Diaz. Che Diaz no. is mm-hmm. a league of their
2: own. Yeah, was, yeah,
1: like, she- no pun intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. Okay, let's shift gear to like the more fun side of millennial culture. Have you been, since you started with Laguna Beach and the Hills, have you been watching the two Back to the Beach and the rewatch the, yeah, the Hills
2: rewatch. No, podcast. but we were one of nine people who watched both seasons of the Hills Reboot. Like it's like us and like Cara berry from <laughs> Everyone's <Literally>. Business <laughs> to Mine and like end of yes, list. Like no one queen. else watched that cursed, cursed program. I I just like haven't gotten it up uh in terms of interest to like listen to Kristen Cavalry like have a podcast with Steven. Like I just can't tell if the nostalgia is going to like bum me out or if it's going to be like kind of fun. I hear the back, like the behind the scenes stuff is very interesting, but like Whitney, I don't know. I'm not really that I I, that I probably will never check out because it's not really my what I'm in her adorable husband. uh,
0: Right. uh, Yeah. It's not going to be.
2: I really respect Lauren Conrad as time goes on more that she's just like, I have no interest in making any more money off of this show go to Kohl's, spend your Kohl cash with me. And (laughs) here's my little blog. And I married the guy from, uh, was it something corporate, Emily? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that she just like lives her life and like doesn't want to give in to any of this sort of stuff. And like, she's able to like move on. So I kind of have a little less respect for those that like, like Audrina, who has a whole book. Why unclear, you know, never going to read that. But at least Kristen knows how to make, good content you know like i would have never cared yes. about draper james or whatever the hell her line is called oh, that's the reason <laughs> re- 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 <laughs> uncommon yeah that's uncommon, re- james. It's, um,
1: uncommon,
0: uncommon james it's uh uncommon i got the james yeah. i got half i got
2: 50 yeah. percent. but yeah, i would have never cared half. about her jewelry line if it wasn't yes. for her terrible reality show which was
1: very entertaining even though nothing ever happened very cavalier yeah I know, I know. But Same. I watched all uh, Shane, why else. do I follow
2: Shannon Ford? I'm like, who even knows? We're the only ones literally. Who Shane and Ford <laughs> is.
1: Literally, she also like I I feel like fell off. Just she I feel like she had the world. And at all her she feet did was make shitty pop sockets for your phone. <laughs> hey, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> wild yeah I um watched the first couple or listened to the first couple episodes I did watch all of the Whitney and Timmy ones I think those were just more fun um not necessarily like you weren't getting as much like gossip or tea as as fans would like but the back to the beach stuff it seems like Stephen doesn't want to take accountability mm-hmm. for like anything so and they just released the combo <laughs> episode where he was like you know stop dancing on the bar you expletive so I'm like I'm over this you had my attention for five episodes or whatever and I'm now over it so wow that might be interesting to just listen
2: to that if I was gonna listen to any episode it'd probably be that one but
1: same okay yeah it just dropped this week I think I think part one of because it's I believe so two episodes right so yeah so just the first one is and and you're right like this is the one that everyone wants to see. What he but has because to I have to take accountability. It, like so. that's
2: extremely frustrating. Like we understand it was a long time ago. You can admit to some fault. I think that's the other positive about Kristen Cavallari is that she just like doesn't care and owns the stuff that she does.
1: Yeah, she was like, I was a bitch. This was a bully move. Like one hundred percent. Yeah, she's authentic yeah. in that way at least. What other? Um, like I feel like everything is just like Gen Z versus millennial culture like I even saw a video this morning about how um it's embarrassing like as on TikTok or like as making content or like anything like that what is your like favorite millennial trend or thing that you like hold on to um that Gen Z loves to rip on
2: Instagram (laughs) I'll never let her know
1: cold dead
2: fingers teens I mean I am not a TikTok person purposely because it's like that is for Gen Z. I have no problem. Like I had like growing up, like we had Live Journal, like in my space and all that other stuff. Yeah, and I appreciate that they have TikTok and that I don't need to understand or care or be a part of it. And I don't care if you make fun of me on there it i'm never going to see it you know <laughs> and i respect it for yeah. what it is the way that you have to give it up to youtube like it's going to be a part of culture and it has like uh, apparently like a banging algorithm and that's how gen z like looks stuff up and that's how they search for stuff and like i don't want to clown on it at all it's just not for me so don't make fun of me or come for me in Instagram. Cause like grandma likes to, likes to do her little bravo <laughs> s- stalking on Instagram
0: and I'm not learning anything new. <laughs> um, i have you, to Emily? say at this point, uh, skinny jeans, listen, I have a pancake ass and when, when <laughs> skinny jeans, I realized Stop! I could do a lot more squats to get to that point, but even in my best shape, it's just not happening for me. And when skinny jeans came up in the indie uh, with the with the zero Gen Zers are calling indie sleaze era now. I think that's what they they keep referring mm-hmm. to because I'm a TikTok yes. worker, not a TikTok pro- poster. Um, I uh, Same. you know it it created a new world for me. It was my time to shine. I for once in my life had an ass in jeans, and I I will I will <laughs> gladly have a, a pair of loose pants here and there. I think that's a great look as well. But good God, you much like you can pry Instagram from Margot's cold dead hands, you can pry my skinny jeans from my cold dead hands. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. But I know that.
1: Like, I'm five foot one and I talk about, like, I want it. I want someone to do like a control F on. My entire podcast episode log of how many times I've brought up skinny jeans. Just like for five foot one girls, like the proportions of skinny jeans are just way better. Like, oh, yeah, five three. I understand. Yes. Yeah. Like it just makes more sense. And I totally get that. But I got for sure bullied into straight leg jeans from my little sister, who is also a millennial, but just more of a cusper. And I'm, I am sad about it, but I just, I just, I'll just look like a (laughs) schlob. Like, I'll just, I'll just,
0: yeah, for until
1: skinny jeans come back, because we know they'll come back. The ballet flat is back, so. It is? Yes. My arch can't,
0: my arch can't. I know, I was like at
1: 30 years old. I'm not putting a Bally flat back on. <laughs> like, no. I deserve arch support. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. I feel like the most millennial thing I still, like content I still consume are the Try Guys. Did you ever, do you remember the BuzzFeed I, era of like 2014?
0: Yes. yes. I was a big Quinta fan. So we're really, yes. I, we're both happy about Abbott Elementary being here. Yes, Quinta
1: is having her, having her day ashley and um chantel i was gonna say caroline for some reason ashley and chantel just got married this weekend and i still watch oh. the try guys <laughs> Like, I, <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> i've been i watch a little try guys um i've been following Kristen and jen who used to be in Lady life yes. Uh, yes they have they split off and do kitchen and jorn yes. and they're great i really enjoy um their content uh here and there but i i was into try guys at one point i don't know why i'm we're we're a little older than you but like for one for whatever reason i got sucked into buzzfeed kind of in the mid 2010s like watching a lot of that original content that was coming out of there and so it's been interesting to follow some of their careers or when some of them pop up as like random actors on shows.
2: Yeah. Oh, there was like that guy who had a twin brother on Buzzfeed and they were both hot and me and one of my coworkers both had a huge crush on him and I'm totally blanking on his name. He kind of has a like Gideon Diego quality to him. Oh um, Oh my God. He, I'm totally spacing. I'm sorry.
0: He... Matt Stopera. Oh, yes of course but like britney Spears' biggest fan he and um ilana from broad city i think were roommates at one point too
2: anyway my coworker scott and i had a huge crush on him and, we, and that's my relationship to buzzfeed
0: and he was in fanography which was one of those short-lived mtv shows about his obsession with britney, britney spears, spears
2: uh... For that reason, I'll forever check on BuzzFeed just to see, like, what he's up yeah, to. Yeah, and so hot.
1: Like, like yeah, just had a huge <laughs> yeah. crush on him.
2: So, yeah, we're like, oh, we have to check BuzzFeed again to see what they're publishing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, what's Matt up
1: to? Okay, I love that. And what is something, if anything, you would change about millennial culture other than the bad stuff? We already know diet culture and tabloids and like uh, tragic uh, world events and all of that stuff. But what what about the like petty shit?
0: Oh, you know what? Consumer culture where we felt the need to buy things that had a logo on it for a long time. I think it's coming back a little with ziers because 90s fashions are coming back. But that was like such a big part of our middle school high school life was like oh why can't my parents afford this t-shirt that has like you know Abercrombie or whatever written across
1: I feel like logo culture
0: was like a huge thing
1: that's such a good point because like I feel so bad for making my parents like I remember having like literal meltdowns in Abercrombie being like why can't you buy me this 50 dollar Fifty U.S. dollars. I'm in ca- Canadian dollars, so this is it's probably like seventy-five Canadian dollar Jean mini skirt. Yeah, that I would probably wear for one summer and then, like, I don't know where it would go. Donate, like, yeah, and then wearing everything with a matching like Abercrombie T-shirt or American Eagle T-shirt. That was that was the look. There's
2: an episode of Atlanta where like it opens on like Urn when he's younger going to like a Ross to buy like a knockoff FUBU shirt to like be cool. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I've never felt more seen except it was like a knockoff Roxy shirt for me yeah, uh, from middle school or like billabong or whatever, even though I had never touched a surf and or skateboard and and oh nor God. have I since. Oh so. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, my cousins, I remember cause I was a little bit younger than my cousins and they all were Roxy and Quicksilver and, billabong and riptide or something like that Mm -hmm. and like rip girl yeah and i was like that's so fucking cool we live in the interior of like (laughs) a province (laughs) yeah
0: i did not live near an ocean (laughs) and And yet i was like yes at marshall's let me buy this knockoff roxy shirt yeah, that's so funny. But I do feel like
1: a little bit of that is coming
0: back. I definitely think like yeah. some of it
1: came back with like Supreme and like, of course, oh, yeah. like there's like the classic designer handbags and stuff that have that. But I think it is kind of coming back a little bit.
2: Please leave the Dooney and Burke bags in the past. Yes. <laughs> like, the logos God, the What I
1: would have done for a rainbow printed Dooney and Burke bag in grade seven. Like what
2: the I <laughs> I literally had to like petition my mom to get me that bag for like my 16th birthday yeah. and it was like a huge deal and I was like I chose it not over a car but like I could <laughs> have probably gotten my license faster <laughs> if I wasn't haranguing her for this bag but I you know I did wear it straight into the ground I wore it like every single day that's good (laughs) for like
1: three years got your money's worth (laughs) I just wanted to be like Lindsay Lohan (laughs) yeah same 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 I feel like mine is like my social media presence I just feel like I just don't know what to do with my own social profiles I feel like everything I post is so cringe like millennial cringe so now I just don't post (laughs) oh no <laughs> I don't like yeah you we, own, should, you we should We should all go back your, to my space that's all yeah I'm yeah 100%
2: yeah <laughs> I want a song to autoplay every time somebody visits my page yeah
1: me too me too I was thinking about that the other day I was like it, like is it cringe if I just make a Twitter account of me just like tweeting lyrics of songs like I'm oh my updating God, my Facebook no. status like <laughs> that's honestly i
2: I wish i had the courage to do that because you know sometimes a lyric will just hit right but it's got to be like a burner account for sure because no one can know (laughs) no
1: one can know like it's so embarrassing (laughs)
2: um i think the one thing i would change is the trend of like flat ironing the shit out of your hair god i mean i can't tell you how many straighteners i went through from like Sixth grade through like early college, just trying to change the texture of my hair to be stick straight and super shiny despite having like curly wavy hair. And so I'm really glad that like more naturalistic hair <laughs> is on trend. Um, and also a combination of not caring is very helpful to me. But yes, I would take back the obsession with like just super straight, shiny hair.
1: Yeah, I know. How many like $25 hair straighteners did I buy from? walmart for them to like a ruin my hair b die out after like 10 uses (laughs) i had to buy
2: a crappy one in the airport in europe because i didn't know i didn't realize you had to have like the little converter Mm. and that thing fell apart within like four uses (laughs) and then I just had to have frizzy hair the rest
0: of the time there there is an anxiety that these general Zers and beyond if they don't bring back this culture will never experience and that is the leaving your home hoping to god you turned off oh my god literally (laughs) you're not you don't come home back home to a a house burnt to a
1: literally that was my biggest fear or like I once left mine on at it didn't burn down the house, but it left a huge mark on my mom's wood floors. Oh, no. And I was like, Fuck. <laughs>
2: like- <laughs> I definitely melted part of a uh, bathroom counter in middle school or high school. And it was a rental. My mom was very pissed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. Okay, let's get into our topics for today. Just a hodgepodge of pop culture stories we're going to talk about the olivia wilde and florence pew feud oh, ross boy. lynch and rainy rodriguez which is like i'm probably forcing this topic on both of you but like i just had to talk about it for like two seconds and then danielle Fischel and Ryder strong um they're doing a podcast danielle shared some tea this week and then both margo and emily are going to nominate a pettyweight champion of the week or multiple And then share their this week in Petty Stories. So this came up so much. I put an AMA out for topics from the listeners. And I got like 10 that just said Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh. I wrote down the first one I got was at K Cooper 20. So I gave them the credit. But this is like all anyone's talking about. So just like a little summary if people don't know what I'm referencing. But don't worry, Darlene has been, like, in production since 2020. And when it first started, there was press that came out that Olivia Wilde, the director and, like, creator, etc., um, had fired Shia LaBeouf, um, who was the male main character. And the timeline's, like, a little hazy about, like, when stuff about his abuse to FK Twigs had come out. I feel like... um, I was speaking to some other podcasters and they were saying that those stories hadn't come. I don't want to say stories, her lived experience, like her sharing um, what she endured from Shia LaBeouf hadn't come out yet, but there was obviously still rumors floating around of how awful Shia LaBeouf is as a person since like for years. I feel like that was like kind of known so she says she fired him she gets a lot of praise for you know having a safe and healthy work environment on set which Hollywood is known for like having the complete opposite that kind of gets wrapped up and then there's a bunch of drama apparently on set that we're hearing about Florence Pugh doesn't mention the movie on her Instagram and then Uh, It gets noted that she's only going to one press stop. And then finally, Shia LaBeouf came out with emails and a video of Olivia Wilde um, trying to get him to come back because allegedly he quit. She didn't fire him and she was like despied to have him back on set for some reason. What do you both think of this? Like this is I don't feel like we usually get to see these inner workings of like what celebrities like discuss with each other
2: so I've been obsessed with this rumor for quite some time I have texted Emily ad nauseum about this (laughs) because I find it to be endlessly fascinating and now it's kind of like taken this turn where I feel like Olivia Wilde is like making a bunch of unforced errors in the press of all of this because to circle back to this original Variety interview, like she's doing what she's supposed to do, right? Like she's hyping up her leading lady despite what's going on in the background. She's like trying to maintain this professionalism. But the the line from WB when Shia left was that he, they, it was just like a scheduling conflict or whatever. Like it wasn't that he was fired. It wasn't that he quit. It was like very neutral. It's like couldn't work it out. Sorry. And why you would double down and say you fired him, like please don't make me side with Shia LaBeouf, who
0: just
2: just today said, oh, that movie Honey Boy that I wrote that was like allegedly about my abusive father, JK, I made it all up. Like, please don't make me side with this man. But like, he is kind of coming at her like, that's not true, Ellen. Like, here's the video. Not only proving that you didn't fire him and that you begged him to come back but that you're also a fucking horse girl and then on top of everything else like he has like emails to back up everything that he's saying so like why would you do that when you know that's out there like unfortunately i have to like kind of say that is right because it does seem like you're just trying to take advantage of the general distaste of for him when you really could have just tried to like i don't know hype up harry's performance because you have a note in the doc about the clip that came out like his performance is like that accent like dorit kemsley from (laughs) beverly hills like wishes like it was just like all over the place so it's hard to like watch her crash and burn but i think i mean i don't know if you listen to the town um with matthew baloney oh that's not his real last name but people that's what it it, it, the way it's spelled always makes my brain go baloney but um (laughs) He has a new media outlet called Puck and he just like wrote a long, interesting piece about how like how she just like keeps stepping in it and like clearly something is off and now the movie is overshadowed by the behind the scenes drama. And so I don't really know what that means for like her career, but basically it's like she could have released this movie that was just sort of like meant like a sophomore slump and then just gone on to make a third movie and no one would have known. And like she and she has the villain right there. It's Jason Sudecki is like, serving her papers publicly. But instead, she decides to, like, target Shia. And then the whole thing kind of, like, falls apart. And the way that she talks about Florence Pugh in that video, without knowing anything, I think that tells you, coupled with her silence this entire time, like, it's a huge movie. Well, it's, like, a huge studio movie. And they're really betting on Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh to, like, bring in the money. The way that she says Miss
0: Flow, like, or it's just, like, why are you doing, like, stop, please? There's so much there where I just have to think, like, Florence Pugh continues to be the smartest one in the room. Yeah. Like... She has kept her mouth shut. Mm-hmm. She is silent. She's, 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 like yeah. she's got Dune 2. She's got Dune 2, which is like a proof cover. She's got Dune 2. She's got a foolproof cover. She's got great cooking. She's had great cooking videos in the past. She's mm-hmm. got plenty of content to work with that does not have to deal with her having to promote this movie, where she clearly felt unsafe yeah. and raised concerns about Shia LaBeouf. Um, and two, was probably really frustrated because... Uh, allegedly, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles were not following COVID protocols because they filmed this pre-vaccine uh, world, and so it was like end of 2020, early 2021 is when they were filming all of this. Right. And the rumor is that they went to Harry Styles' manager's wedding, where Matt, where Harry officiated. Yeah, those pictures and he came wore out. a out silk mask, but like was not, it was more a like accessory than an actual It was not theme. like an N95 Yeah, okay, yeah no yeah no <laughs> man no, no it. Ma'am. This is no not ma'am. a
2: medical mask, it's a fashion mask and no, although no. there's a time and a place so maybe not endangering
0: your entire cast and crew was like slightly exactly. more important. Yes. and so I think between, you know Olivia's, what seems to be Olivia's lack of concern of promoting a safe set without creeps her lack of professionalism, and then her and Harry's de- her and Harry's decisions to not wear masks, you know, to 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 say preach about this bubble that they should be maintaining during production, and then to do the complete opposite. I, in Florence Pugh's shoes, would be very frustrated. I think she is very smart in not saying anything, um, and she is just letting the the chips fall into place. Um, and I think what's what's really ultimately sad to me is that Olivia Wilde, when she came out with Booksmart, it was such a fun movie, fantastic movie, a great cast, really emphasized, you know, highlighting more female filmmakers, female production crews, all that, and telling female narratives where girls enjoy having sex and like and having a raunchy kind of sex comedy about two girls like I thought that was fantastic. But I think what we're what we're seeing now is like because of her um, missteps in all sorts of directions, she ultimately i hate to say this you know some people go to director jail and i feel like after this olivia wilde and i hate to say it's because she's a woman but because hollywood does not give women second chances oftentimes uh she can't come back from this like i i don't know i I disagree with that i think that
2: i think that if the movie does well it won't fucking matter because at the end of the day i think olivia wilde did the uh, made the unfortunate mistake that Whatever press is good press. She is try. She is literally lip syncing for her fucking life right now, <laughs> trying to drum up interest <laughs> while having people like while actively having no support from any of the other actors. I mean, Harry had a whole thing come out in Rolling Stone where he like barely fucking mentioned this movie. Instead, said a bunch of like dumb shit about like queer love. Where you're just like, dude, please just
1: yeah, just sing
2: your little tune. And then said that he wasn't in a relationship.
1: It's like. Yeah, and that he had never been okay. in like a public relationship, and like his girlfriend's like, "Hey, <laughs> like I'm right yeah. here. <laughs> Why don't you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Do
2: something. But yeah. like they're not helping her out, so she's trying to like cover her own ass. And I-, I think that, I think that ultimately, if this does well, even if it's not a critical success and just makes money, she'll be fine. And and to Emily's point, it's like the transition from like indie female director to studio. Right. Uh, Director, female director is very hard to do. And I don't think that she's taking it for granted. I don't think that she went too outside of her budget. So maybe they maybe they wait another year or something till it dies down. I think that she's going to have more problem with actors than with studios and getting money. Because what actor would want? I understand that all directors have to use mind games and different tricks and stuff or whatever. I, I totally understand that. And it's also something about directing that I just like personally don't love because you're just managing personalities. But like if they if they now know that you actively like talk shit about them and then kind of like pit them against each other. What real actor is going to want to work with you? Like that would just I don't know, you know, I'm not sure. That's such a good point
1: because like she came out with that really long Instagram post giving all the props to Florence. Pew saying how much she was obsessed with her and then a week later the misflow of it all came out and it's like you look two-faced and yeah I don't know if like this is it for her which is again like I feel like she had a lot of opportunities to do like I loved book smart I would I am that Tyra Banks meme of being like we I'm rooting for you we were all rooting for, for you like that's me right now just because yeah, I just, I've always really liked, you know, following her career and stuff. But, and I feel like Jason Sudeikis is not Ted Lasso. And I, he cheated on his first wife, I think. Yes,
2: yes. he cheated on Kay Cannon, who yes. hasn't made it a secret that he's a total dirtbag. I mean, like, he served you fucking papers, custody papers when you, on yeah. purpose on the biggest, like, one of the biggest nights of your career. Yeah. Just it, like, say something about that. You didn't have to. That's the whole thing is, like, you didn't have to go there. Like, yeah. people are already on your side and want to, like, support you and see you win. But instead, you were did what shady. you thought was cool. Yeah. yeah. I just Trying thought it was so placate
1: odd. Trying to Like, it's just so bad. And then. How embarrassing for you. So <laughs> embarrassing. And I would also be pissed because Florence Pugh is, like, a proper actress. Like, she is. A-list and serious and I would be so fucking pissed if I was the female lead and they put Harry Styles again love him as a singer blah 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 whatever he's great but I would be so pissed if it was like well okay Harry Styles like I you know, you you deserve like Timothy Chalamet or fucking i don't know one of the kids from stranger things or something like
2: no truly like so yeah. you're telling me that everybody else was busy yeah. like this yeah. was like a peak covid this was one of the first things that went into production it was like a huge deal yeah and yeah i i don't understand i think emily and i have talked about this before we're like we are the florence pew in the situation in the sense that like if my boss is acting unprofessionally and just sort of like disrespected me multiple times yeah i'm not going to do my part why would i you know right. and well, it's well, like, here's my boundary
1: totally it's like her part per se but also promoting it on your socials unless it's part of the contract you're just it usually is that's the the thing that really set
2: it off for me initially is that like all actors have it in their contracts it's built in because it's part of like all of the money that you make you're not making a million dollars just because you played whatever her character's name is in this it's because you also agreed to make a certain number of appearances and a certain number of social media posts and talk about it in certain interviews and that's usually all spelled out unless something happened where it's like okay fine you don't have to do any of that if you're so mad and whatever but it's very rare it's like you almost never see that
1: do you think that like she saw this coming down the pipeline so she was like no worries about posting on socials and like press don't worry harry's got it because like she was scared that florence was gonna like tattletale on her
2: i think that florence is probably from everything that I've read about her is like the consummate professional Mm. you know so I think it's more like Flores is going to say or do some fake shit and I don't know like I I just think that maybe these contracts weren't very well written and so she was able to get out of it like that's kind of the only explanation I I think that Olivia Wilde would benefit from some press like because this is not the press I think that she was expecting to get but right. I guess she'll just take it at this point since no one else seems to be doing any heavy lifting
1: right and also I should not use the word tattletale if you're like I get like or complain like that's not what she would be doing it would be like sharing what she had experienced like on set that's I don't want to give her those kind I think of, it's like, more annoying like annoying connotations to oh that yeah word
2: yeah She's employing the thumper method. If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Yeah. And I think that that says more than anything she could say. Cause what she, I mean, everybody's had like a shitty work experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of the same in the sense of the ways that they're shitty in terms of like how you feel about it when you go through it. But. Why would she want to dwell on it? Like, if they're not going to force her and she can use Dune 2 as an excuse, then more power to her. She doesn't have to do shit she doesn't want to do. Like, I respect that on all levels in a career. When you get to the point where you're like, if I don't
1: want to, then I'm not going to. Yeah. What are you going to do about it?
2: Clearly nothing. Yeah. So.
1: so the you mentioned that there was a previous movie clip that came out and people were talking about Harry's acting, his accent. Like, <laughs> are, are
0: either of you going to see this movie?
2: 1000 oh, percent, 100 you've already <laughs>
0: talked about this it's like marco so, me a bottle of something oh, yeah. and a date at the local theater um, like, emily
2: and i have bad movie nights so i it's not outside of our purview plus yeah. like i think we do want to support it like ultimately like however this turns out is however it's already done yes. but i would like her to make other movies i think yeah. she's She's smart. She'll definitely learn from this experience um, and hopefully like kind of go about it in a more Beyonce way where she's like, I'm going to release an essay and publish it or don't. I don't care.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, definitely going to see it. Are you going to see it? I'm so on the fence. I'm so on the fence. Like I was a yes. And then I was like, I just don't think like uh, maybe I'll just wait till streaming serve. Like it's on some type of streaming platform. I'm also just like not a movie goer like to the cinema. So I I just I don't see myself going to it, to be honest. But I kind of do want to like see it for the Harry and Florence of it all. But I don't know. It's also apparently about like an abusive relationship and stuff. And I'm just like, I just I don't have the capacity to watch this, like, to be honest. So I'm going to stick to my um my TikTok clips of Ross and Rainy, which is what we're going to talk about next. Did you, did either of you watch Austin and
0: Allie or were you both too old? Because I was definitely too old. old. Way too old. Way too old. (laughs) But when you mentioned this in the notes, I swear to God, I thought you were talking about that show Life with Derek. Oh my God. Uh, Can we please discuss? (laughs) So there is, Margot, I don't know if you ever saw this show Life with Derek. It was kind of on the cusp of like when we stopped watching Disney Channel. And I think I watched it more because my little sister uh was still watching a bit of Disney. There was a show that's Canadian show, but it was a di- also touted as like a Disney Channel original show called Life with Derek. The premise is a girl uh, and this guy that she goes to school with uh, their parents, uh, single parents get married and so they become stepbrother and stepsister but there's been a lot of discourse on TikTok about how the relationship portrayed here has a weird bit of sexual tension (laughs) when you rewatch scenes and coincidentally, Disney Plus has not, that it has not been added to Disney Plus among the other Disney oh, channels. Oh, interesting. Okay. And people are wondering if it's because it's a little too fucking weird when you look back on it and creepy. Sorry That's, for my language if we're not supposed oh, to Oh, no, you can definitely <laughs> say that for it.
1: <laughs> Much to my mother's chagrin. but <laughs> Yeah, it is so funny. So uh, our like... Disney Channel was called Family Channel. And I think just they licensed or like, I don't know, had the syndication rights or whatever for most Disney Channel shows. And this show... Yeah, I was like always rooting for Casey and Derek to get together. Then I'd just be like, just wait a second. They're fucking step siblings. <laughs> like, it's like you just would forget in their like one to one scenes. And then it's she'd very, be like, oh, brother. And then you'd be like, oh my God. You're like, it's pulled very out Josh of it. and share. I was going to say, I'm like,
2: I grew up with loving <laughs> Clueless. Oh, to yeah. me, it's not that weird. Yeah. But yeah. also, there is also this like discourse online about how like, white siblings sometimes have this like sexual tension that makes you really uncomfortable. And (laughs) I was recently, my husband's very into the hbo docuseries hard knocks that follows like a football team and there was a a, one of the guys who's like a line background the niners his all of his sisters and his mom all want to bang him it's like so uncomfortable watching their scenes all together i'm like ugh, uh," she's like look at him run with that football i was like could you say it less sexy yeah yeah. i'm so
1: disturbed yeah that is disgusting and like i feel like people feel way too comfortable sometimes sharing about that stuff online like yeah like, or yes, like in agree. a Netflix documentary like you should be uncomfortable with that like
0: do you hear it do you hear it <laughs> yeah. like, like I think I need you to hear it please Is yeah we're we're Austin and Allie uh friends on this show or okay were they... yes so okay good okay sure. <laughs> so
1: I also watched Disney Channel slash Family Channel way too long like when you're like, oh, we like kind of aged out of it. I was like, I'm still like, I'm still <laughs> watching like I never had that. And then but Austin and Ally wasn't a show that I was like super obsessed with. But the other stars that came out of Austin and Ally are Laura Marano. Do you know her? She's been in some Netflix TV shows. The name sounds vaguely
2: familiar. Very
0: familiar. Noah Centineo. Oh. Oh geez. Yeah. Oh, so Ross Lynch is Harvey from Sabrina. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: So he, um just looked him up. So he was um the star in Teen Beach movie with um Haley not Haley Seinfeld with Maya Mitchell. Sounds
0: familiar.
1: She's in a bunch of things as well. You would know if you saw her. But I feel like these shows bred a lot of people that are like you see them in movies, but They don't have like, they're not A-list. They don't have A-list careers. Kind of like, I don't know, D to C-list. So yeah, Ross Lynch, his, him and his brothers were in a band called R5. And the most recent thing he's been on is definitely um, Netflix's version of Sabrina. But there has been like a absolute viral TikTok trend pointing out this flirtatious relationship with him and rainy rodriguez who is the sister of a child from modern family Uh, Rico rodriguez whose mom was um Sofia sofia vergara so yeah, it is it is blowing up basically a bunch of people. It started from at Zach Efron is dead and a bunch of people are pulling scenes from old interviews, which just really reminds me of like back in the day when people would pull clips of like. Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson
2: oh god not the Larry's, <laughs> the Larry's. <Yeah.
0: laughs> or like shipping li- shipping on Tumblr yes yeah.
1: it just brings me back it is just like what we yeah. talked about this is why I wanted to talk about it's just what we talked about at the start of the episode it is what we used to do on tumblr repackaged and on tiktok oh, is, yeah, is my thesis. I, yeah that's very true i, believe,
0: I yeah. fully believed in kaylor like i oh of course. i bought <laughs> it of course i <laughs> fully do. bought into it i believe that she also dated diana agron from glee yes. like i fully believe that taylor is the bi icon and- Do you believe that
2: um that music video that she did for is it me with all of the drag queens from drag race was like supposed to be her bi coming out and yeah. then she scrapped it at the last minute cuz i've seen that
0: that theory on youtube well. yes yes i i fully believe it and then the i do too
2: that, the the evidence is extremely compelling and it and would be a offensive. true crime podcast on it yeah. like it
0: would be yeah. offensive
1: if she wasn't at this point you're wearing a wig with bi flag
0: colors God, anyways, sorry, Emily, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I just, I fully believe in Kaylor. I I mean, there's, like, a whole world in which, yeah, there's Tumblr, what a place. Like, I mean, does it even, it's, it really did just, like, ship some interesting people together. But, yeah, it was, I feel I mean, like, it, yeah, you can edit any clip to make it look particularly convincing.
2: In any Stan culture, like, shipping happens. Like, you know, I love bravo and people love to ship certain couples even if they're not together anymore or True. whatever it like becomes very much like she left a comment he liked it It was like they're never getting back together Please relax. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: that's like me with um selena gomez and justin bieber i mean
2: that's a very compelling back and forth though too yeah
1: it is such a compelling back and forth but you're right like people were doing it with, with euphoria on tiktok and instagram oh. like with oh, um, yeah. nate played by jacob alordi and cassie and alexa demi's character god i cannot think of a god i know name i couldn't tonight. remember It was like alexa yeah. demi's character what's her name yeah yeah cassie <laughs> and man i just names not my strong suit today The other thing, so yeah, people are, you're right, it is stan culture. People are pulling these, like, clips that could be friendly. It's like with Life with Derek. If you take a 10-second clip, you're (laughs) like, okay, sexual. But in the context, maybe it's friendly. But he, Ross Lynch is currently on tour, and I feel like he is just the, a little bit less popular version of Harry Styles. I don't know if you've seen his concert Videos, but it is like Harry Styles, but honestly, sluttier. (laughs) Is he like Dylan O'Brien? He's in a slut era. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 100%. I think he did kind of bleach his hair. So it definitely isn't that like. Uh So you
2: know something is going on.
1: (laughs) That era, but he does this one, I think, set or a few songs or whatever, shirtless with a cowboy hat and like basically all the same moves of harry styles it's 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 interesting how there's like kind of the copycats coming coming out but I, it is slutty is all i want to
0: <laughs> say basically <laughs> I, I love that you went with Harry Styles because when you said shirtless cowboy hat Mike, the first thought was Magic Mike in particular. Oh, it is. Particular. It's
1: very Magic Mike. Matthew
0: yes. McConaughey's character. Yes,
1: it is very much that. It is very much that.
0: Like singing a shout out to the ladies of Tampa. Like. Yes, and it's just
1: all <laughs> girls in the crowd just like losing their shit. Probably some gay guys too, but like. Oh, of course. Twins. You know he's
2: tapping into that. He's like, I gotta up my followers yeah. even if it's just their st- I mean, look at Ashley Angel Olsen, like all he posts, are thirst traps constantly, <laughs> and he's just a slut for attention. Which, like, of who can't relate, right? <laughs> but the first time I had heard of Ross Lynch was because of the R five band, where all of his siblings' names all start with R, R and I thought that was utterly demented. And <laughs> I mean, the Kardashian. I was just gonna say
1: stuff. the Kardashian. And burn. I think that's
2: very yeah. odd too. Yeah, but yeah. um, I the way that r5 was pitched to me as i thought it was a little bit more wholesome so to hear that he's just like doing his best best matthew mcconaughey on stage is like something to hear i
1: definitely think r5 is wholesome and then he did some solo stuff and kind of just like nick jonas went the like super slutty route i feel like
2: (laughs) i'm yoked in a slut now yeah
1: (laughs) i feel like nick jonas had that phase two where he was like okay i'm gonna like gain 30 pounds of muscle everything is going to be like bdsm light in my music videos <laughs>
0: and like everything's just going to be like oh. sensual this is a quick interruption as i'm reading uh ross lynch's wikipedia i find out he is second cousins with Derek and julianne hough uh oh that's what it is. is that's why
2: they were on who weekly that makes so also, much sense. Like of, <laughs> like of
1: course like of course
2: like the thirsty gene runs strong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about
0: siblings where things have been weird, too. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sub-themed. <laughs> <thing, though. laughs> and I wish it wasn't. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> God, that's so funny. Okay, let's move on to Danielle Fischl and Ryder Strong. Did Were you big Boy Meets World stands? Yeah, okay. And... A huge crush on Ryder Strong. Of course. And we, have the same,
2: and we have the same birthday. So I was like, oh my God, we're destined to be together.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, it's like, I feel like when you look at Corey and then you look at Sean, like no one was picking. Yeah, no, was batting
2: like... so far out of his league. Oh my God. So he cheated like, on her. God. I was like, the cockacity is strong with this little Brillo head. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> so true because I was looking at old – when I was, like, doing research for this outline, I was looking at old pictures of Ryder and Danielle, and I was like, she is stunning, and he is so fucking cute. And then there's, like –
2: They have incredible hair. I don't understand. But also, like, Corey, whose name escapes me now. Emily, what's his name? Um, Oh, Ben
0: Savage. Ben Savage.
2: He's currently running for mayor of West Hollywood, despite – what. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, no. Despite, like, having
0: the least
2: West Hollywood person you've ever seen. He has, like, one photo with a drag queen. He's like, I love
0: the queer community. You're like, dude. (laughs) you know i could have gotten that picture too at drag brunch right like i i also have gone to the abbey at drag brunch okay this is not a difficult (laughs) photo uh so funny i I did not realize that especially with everything going on with his brother yeah his brother's a full-blown
2: creep getting fired Uh, from shows and stuff but anyway we digress his brother Fred Fred. Savage, he was the lead from Wonder Years and then he was directing episodes of the reboot of the Wonder Years when a flood of complaints against him from deaf from a bunch of women that work on the show about his just completely inappropriate behavior. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's one of those guys that like hides behind this like, well, I just want to elevate women, like give women more chances by also touching their butts uh, and doing all sorts of weird stuff that they don't Mm -hmm. want.
0: The irony is that on Boy Meets World, he guest starred as a creepy professor who hits on to Yes. And he yes. and Ben Savage, Corey, get into a fight over it and like a physical fight. Yes.
2: People have a that. way of telling on themselves like that, don't 100%.
0: they?
1: 100%. So again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we just really are we're planning those like those seeds for later. But rewatch podcasts are all of the rage. Which, like, it's fun. It's playing into the nostalgia. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, I really don't want to hear about this. But I, so I'm not watch I'm not listening to this podcast, Pod Meets World. Awful name as well. Thank,
2: Thank you. Yeah. I hate- now we said it. Yes, okay,
1: like, but literally, it's like podcasting has been around for like, I don't know, 15, 20 years. It's been popular for, I'd say, 10 years. And if you can't come up with a better name, than just throwing pod in like just swapping out like pod saves world like all of these I just I just can't but anyways um Danielle who played Topanga as we just mentioned and Ryder who played Sean they got a fan submitted question and it was like was there any crushes or like on off-screen romances and Danielle was like I had a crush on Ryder and also Will Friedel was is there too, like, who plays Does Alec? he host it with them? Yes, yes, he is uh, a third oh, co-host, uh, but like, yeah, whatever, um, <laughs> who, yeah, played Corey's older brother, but anyways, um, and he had no idea or acted like he had no idea or maybe she made it up, I don't know. But nothing happened. She said it was during seasons one and two, which was 1993 and 1994.
0: And they four. They're like 13, 14 in those seasons at that point. Because I think they start out in middle school. Yes. When the show first aired. Maybe grade six or seven. Yeah, something like yeah, that. And then they go to high school and college. Yeah, yeah. So then
1: they go to high school, probably grade eight, nine. So yeah, it's probably. Yeah. It's just interesting that. And maybe they don't. Maybe th- it was wholesome, but it's just funny because I feel like a lot of casts, like teen casts that we hear about nowadays, I was thinking of Glee specifically, was like, oh, we were fucking every cast member. Well,
0: <laughs> like, like, yeah.
2: Yeah. to be fair, they are choir kids. So if they're anything like the choir kids from my high school, yeah, that was not a shock. To me. Yeah, true, <laughs> <laughs> checks,
0: checks all the But so I mean, funny. heists between, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, but Emily and I, um, we did a TV heartthrob episode where we talked about Writer Strong, mm. and he like really wasn't. I think I think they didn't hook up at all. Like I don't think there was any. I, and I and I wouldn't be surprised that he actually didn't have an idea at all because he wasn't really like in. He wasn't in it. Like he was sort of like a reluctant star, and True. he really made a point of keeping his like work life separate from his personal life. And he, so he didn't really hang out with the cast outside of the show. He just sort of like. Did the thing of like i show up to work i hit my mark i say my lines and then he just like hung out with like older kids like when by the time the show wrapped he was dating like a script supervisor or something who was like significantly older than him Yikes. and then they like moved in together knew- yeah that was a little weird he was like barely 18 but he'd been living on his own like that's sort of like the strange thing about a child star is like you are like you have the responsibilities of the adults uh, of an adult sometimes more than a regular adult and you live on your own and you are you present as an adult and so you know you date older people and you gravitate to them because people your own age don't get it i know but then
1: your prefrontal cortex
2: isn't developed Yeah, exactly yeah yeah, 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 exactly but he also i don't know maybe it's just a dude thing but in the the interviews that i had read with him when he had talked about it he sort of like didn't really think it was that big of a deal and maybe that's just like a guy thing or whatever but yeah
0: yeah
2: I just found that to be interesting so I, I'm not really surprised although I would have liked to have seen them like hook up on the show
0: yeah totally. The, to me there there is a this is where Boy Meets World stopped and Dawson's Creek started where yes. Pacey and Joey Joey oh. and Pacey end up together and I think that maybe yeah, Sean Sean Tebaka should have been explored at one point in another or another. Yeah, one
1: hundred percent. You wrote Emily in our episode outline that Jenna Fisher on her recap podcast revealed she had a crush on John Krasinski.
0: Yeah, so it's either on the podcast or in an interview, but she's alluded to the fact that like she was somehow like. Maybe not in love, but definitely had a thing for John Krasinski. and she thinks that he did as well. Um, Krasinski's never like owned up to it, I think, in interviews because he's trying to be a serious actor. Um, but like, <laughs> I think it's 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 so inevitable to be in um on a show with someone for that long. and either you're a teenager or, you know, later, if you're paired up with someone as a romantic lead, like there has to be a point in which you know you have to feel something for that person yeah so for me to hear that like Danielle Fishel had something for one of her co-stars makes a whole lot of sense to me because you start on that show when you're 12 13 and you're on it until you're like twenty, when 22 like peak hormonal years like you like yeah it's it it all checks out to me and I think there are probably other recap shows because everybody's doing a recap podcast these days where I'm sure someone else has said the same thing
1: yeah I definitely agree with like the especially if you're young like a teen that I feel like you would get so blurry of what is real life and what is yeah. like your character. That's why sometimes when I see these PR relationships like like how the Spider-Man and like Mary Jane character or whatever like the lead is three for three movies they've dated so that's like zendaya obviously and tom holland and then kirsten dunst and toby Maguire. Maguire, Maguire, and then my favorite spider-man emma stone and andrew garfield but then i'm like yeah i'm like is that that's why i'm like is it do they have real feelings or is it like pr like i don't know like i i or like Leah Michelle and Corey Monteith from Glee. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, like it's
2: beneficial to the show, but it doesn't mean that like the feelings are necessarily manufactured. Right. Yes. Like yeah. I also think that like when you work on set, you're like with these people like all day, every That's what day I was gonna say. from six AM to whatever, midnight. And yeah. You know, I've I've worked on sets before and you like form these like really intense relationships yes. with people just because you're like literally in the trenches together. Yes. But then, you know, that's why some of them like Kristen Dunst and Tony why, or, like maybe they don't like withstand um, like the reality uh, of like a, when you're like in a real relationship, like in reality versus like when you're in a relationship, like on a set is like kind of different. It's sort of like a bachelor disassociation right Where like it's so intense like your feelings are so everything's heightened yeah i mean unlike on the bachelor like you do have your phone so there yes. is that and yes. you can read a book but like you don't have time so i i totally get like how these things like sort of happen and then i think when they don't work out it's not totally surprising it's just like reality hits the rubber and like of your relationship and like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't that's
1: such a good point and I feel like I talk about that all the time with the bachelor it's like at the finale I don't think the lot the lead is lying when they say that they love this person and want to marry this person I think they think they think that and then
0: Stockholm syndrome yeah
1: and then reality sets in and you're like oh fuck and I so I don't know if either of you went to camp as a kid but like camp crushes I feel like same thing Or I was an RA in university and we went through like sometimes like two, three week long trainings that were like 8 a.m. till 9 or 10 p.m. And so we would have like training crushes just because, yeah, you're right. You're in this weird situation together. You're spending so much time together and there's parts that you can't you just kind of skip over a lot of the superficial you know, relationship building or friendship building, and you just jump into intimate settings together.
2: In so many ways, it's like you have to trust them. And so to have that sort of level of trust kind of already, whether the intimacy turns out to be a real connection that can be, like, sustained long-term or not, like, I think there's just something about that that makes it, I don't know, that, like, sort of heightens everything for you.
0: Mm. Yeah, especially, I mean, there's some casts where, like, you are... Even pre-production, they want people to, like, it's, like, as if they're old friends. So they do a thing where they, like, the director has them hang out and stuff. And, like, I remember reading behind the scenes about, like, The Big Chill, for example, which is, like, that movie about the, you know, college Mm -hmm. friends reuniting after the, the death of one of their uh friends who who kills himself and uh apparently uh Lawrence Caston, the director, had the cast, like Kevin Klein, Glenn Close and all of them, stay in like a house together for a week or something like that to get to know one another. So there's like even more. And then once you leave the set, there's the press tour. If you're if you have to do the press tour, there's the press tour to bring it all back. Uh so yeah, you're just I mean you're just spending so much time, heightened senses, all that jazz.
1: Yeah let's move on to pettyweight champion of the week this is the part of the show where our guests nominate a pettyweight champion of the week someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic emily who are you nominating this week
0: well i am going to be nominating i did a little snooping on ontd earlier today and uh the page six headline jennifer garner thrilled to lose her fourth child, Ben Affleck, to Jennifer Lopez. So I'm going to say, though she has not publicly said this, Jennifer Garner wins my uh, award for the week. I just, I love this headline. I'm very happy about Ben and um, Jennifer Lopez being together. I think they're adorable and great. Uh, But ultimately, I really loved (laughs) believing that Jennifer Garner truly said that out loud so yeah
1: I love that that's so perfect and it's so true about him being the fourth child I like like (laughs) so petty and so true at the same time yeah I have a weird it's it's weird like I have a weird affinity for Jen and Ben yet I see Videos of him in seven. He looks fucking miserable.
2: To Jennifer Gardner's point, like, didn't she like take him to Wendy's before she took him to rehab? Like, truly, like a mom move. Jack in in the box, and he
1: was sitting in the back, like middle seat. It was very. Oh God. Yeah, and the (laughs) pictures. I mean, this man. (laughs) This man. We're
2: going shoe shopping, whether
0: you like it
1: or not.
2: Yeah, he's
1: this poor man. Yes, yes. Okay, that's a great (laughs) nomination, and I. You're right. I feel like it's never going to be, this quote is never going to be attributed to her, but you know that she has said this at some point in the last like 10 years or whatever. What about you, Margot? Who are you nominating? I'm going to nominate
2: Sylvester Stallone's tattoo (laughs) cover-up. I don't know if you guys have heard this story, but Sylvester Stallone and his wife barbara flavin um they are getting a divorce because he adopted a rottweiler that she did not want and so he didn't think that she would do that and when she filed papers he covered up the tattoo he has of her with a portrait of their dog and there is honestly nothing more petty to me than doing that so congratulations sly
1: i'm honestly speechless because it's just so unimaginable that this is Something that someone did, but yet
0: it is. Why no forever walked? So. <laughs>
2: yes. Right, like this has why no forever has nothing on this <laughs> saga. Like, I mean, to, to choose a dog over your wife is like absolutely bad
1: 100 and okay if anyone isn't as old as us why i know forever is the johnny depp tattoo that um he got for winona Ryder that was like lives on in infamy but a getting a divorce because your partner doesn't want a dog instead of just get getting rid of the dog is one thing but then doubling down with the tattoo is again unimaginable. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. And then posting multiple pictures of it on socials is just tripling down, truly.
2: Yeah, he has the time and the resources <laughs> to get this level of petty done and I have nothing but respect for yeah, it, you
1: know? <laughs> it is, it is <laughs> iconic. I will, I will give him that.
2: I mean, he named one of his daughters Sistine, like the Sistine Chapel. So like, of I, I really, you know, all of this is of a piece. You know, like this is like the greatest performance art of our time.
0: <laughs> truly, truly. <laughs> Have you watched his um Amazon movie yet? Sorry, no, I'll, no, 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 no. I <laughs> oh, the
2: JCVD ish one. No, I haven't yet, but it's on there.
0: I feel like so, I just
1: anything he's in is something i'm not gonna be interested in
2: like. <laughs> unless michael b jordan is there yeah. then, like, I'll, I'll yes
1: was that creed <laughs> like yes
2: I i'm like i'm in it for the abs i'm not listening to a single word he's saying 100 it's not even words <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's not words <laughs> no, it's more of like sounds
1: yeah <laughs> god uh, well all the best uh, to Sylvester, his wife, and the dog. And the dog.
2: (laughs) May they all live happily ever after.
1: Yes. Okay, finally, it's time for This Week in Petty, where our guests are going to share stories about something they are petty about that happened in real life. What are you two petty about this week? Maybe, Marco, we'll start with you.
2: Okay, like I told you before we turned on our mics to record i don't get a lot of chances to be petty in real life that much because i work from home now Same. so it's really kind of a bummer so i have like two super short ones and i did have a third one but i'm afraid that my friend will listen to this and know that i'm talking about her <laughs> jerk ex- her jerk bad boyfriend so i'm not gonna go there um but emily you know the housewarming invite device, that's what i but i won't go there. okay I so instead it. please um, message me after <laughs> this <like. laughs> so um Unfortunately, a friend of mine was in an accident um, earlier this month. And so I started this GoFundMe for her. And, you know, that sort of brings people out of the woodwork who want to talk to you, including like exes of all varieties. So like we have a couple ex friends that had like reached out. That was like, I don't want anything to do with you. And then I noticed her ex boyfriend um, donated a lot of money and didn't email me and didn't do anything. And I was like, wow, like I wish more people could be like this ex. Like, don't come and ask me a bunch your questions. Like, just donate money and I'll get to you when I get to you. And then I got an email from GoFundMe saying that this ex actually requested a refund and I lost my mind. And so I devoted no less than two hours trying to track this asshole down so that I could send him an email and call him a fucking bitch. Couldn't find his email. But if Brian Holmes is listening to this, (laughs) we're a fucking bitch, Brian. And then my second is that um, I've been doing this for I've been doing this level of petty work stuff since uh, I started working as a copywriter because people don't like to listen to you. Um, I will screenshot your email, highlight the shit that you said, then send it back to you attached and then say, see attachment, which is my way of saying this you. Um, And so I had to do that to my editor last week. And I don't like throwing other women under the bus, but I am not going to tell you 10 times about how you actually said this and it wasn't me. And you shan't be also CCing our boss and then trying to make it look like I did it so I screenshotted it highlighted it sent it in a reply all and said see attachment thanks so much and then that was kind of the end of that that usually stops people dead in their tracks and as someone who was a a former mock trial participant you know I love nothing more than a trail of receipts so Mm. do not come for me because I will find you
1: oh my god I'm obsessed with this the GoFundMe thing god you you scumbag you (laughs) cannot make this shit up because I was like That is the right way to do it where you want to show your support, but you know the boundaries of your current relationship, which is like not talking. So you donate and you and you move on. And if this person meant a lot to you at some point in your life, you probably want to show your support and how you can do that is monetarily in this case. But how many, how many GoFundMe like help center people get emails about people asking for refunds that is absolutely wild to me
2: i think the thing that also is like insult to injury is that other members of his family have donated and didn't take it back yeah and so yeah to go through all of that trouble to take it back is like wow do you think he
1: thought that people wouldn't know like you donate and then
2: I mean, my name is on it. So he knows that I'm going to get alerts like he works in tech like he would know that I know he fully knows that I know
1: wild. Holy shit. That's bad. That's really bad.
2: No. Yeah, I, I my suspecting theory is that his current wife is who he cheated on my friend with caught wind of it, didn't appreciate it and asked him to take it back. And for that, you are a
1: bitch. Yeah. So that's yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And then the email thing, that is so true. I feel like one of my this week and petty stories was just in the past two years, me bitching that I'm not getting enough petty stress. Like like like, I need the release. I need the release of like a petty moment because I stopped working in in the office. And you're right, because there is something about like slamming a phone like a phone receiver down or like I don't know, like a a few shady looks or something like that. And I I haven't been able to give those. But um, I've definitely noticed coming like come quote unquote coming out of the pandemic that like sometimes I'll see something or like someone do something bad. I will like fully roll my eyes or like something like that and be like, oh, my God, you cannot do that. Like you I feel like I feel like I've. I'm looking at my phone or something so I can just react how I want to react. And I was like, you really, really, truly cannot do that. You're going to get like in major trouble one day.
2: I notice how many sounds I make now. Oh yeah, because I'm like, mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or like, even just like, ugh, like, and I'm like, yes. oh, all of you can hear <laughs> me say that. Yeah. Oh no, Yeah. I gotta like watch it. One
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I'll update the listeners on how my return to work goes this September because, yeah, I feel I feel all of that. But yeah, I'm also a big. Please see the below correspondence. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. highlighted the parts that you mentioned in your previous email what about you emily what is your this week in petty
0: it's so low stakes i mean okay but that's what we are here to talk about low stakes shit. i i was at a restaurant with a friend on thursday and i went to use the bathroom and of course they had like Gender neutral restrooms, which I think are fantastic. It should just be that easy. Like, let's let's make it easy for everyone. A I assume gentleman comes out of this restroom when I'm waiting for to go in. Um, I'm waiting in line. And as he exits, I go into the the restroom and I realize the seat is still up. Oh my and God. I got so mad because I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I look, it is one whatever you do in your own home that's fine that's fine you are in a public place this is an all-gender restroom put the seat down yes put the seat down Yes. so i get out i mean i put it down and then Mm -hmm. you know go to the bathroom then come out and then i try to have this conversation with my friend as loudly as i can outside about this guy hoping i didn't remember what he looked like but in the hopes that he was out there so that I could he could hear that I saw what he did and he's a piece of shit for doing it. No pun intended. Yeah, um,
1: literally. I I'm speechless, but that is one of the worst things to come to. Especially I feel like in the States, there's a lot of like toilet seat covers. Yes. But there are not in Canada. So your options are um toilet paper, paper towel or and sometimes there's not even paper towel because of the blow dryers. <laughs> Whatever. Like yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my Dyson like air. Yeah, you're you're yeah, putting yeah, your yeah. hands into the yes, slap yes, like toasters. Yeah. Yes, exactly. for, exactly. for, <laughs> for those audio listeners, I'm doing like the motion. Yeah. So your options are like limited to move the seat down yourself
0: luckily there were seat covers well no actually no this place did not have them that was i think that's the other reason why i was even angrier was normally in california this is something that's unique it's in the states in general but particularly in california we're pretty good about having toilet seat covers which i love Mm -hmm. but uh yeah this particular restaurant did not have them and so i was like already frustrated enough and then after this was just like anyway that's as as we're all going back to public appearances like Put the fucking seat. Put the seat seat back down.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Not that a lot of, I feel like are listening to this podcast. Like, (laughs) okay, but like I was staying. Read the word. I was staying in a hostel a few weeks ago when I was in Boston because fuck, hotels are expensive.
0: They're so expensive. So
1: expensive, and usually I pick all women like a quad or like six beds or even doubles. When I've used hostels in the past, but I was booking my combinations pretty late and I could only get mixed, mixed gender dorm rooms. And one of the uh, gentlemen in my room, because it was shared bathroom and like four bunk beds or th- two bunk beds so four people, left the seat up with pee all over the toilet. And I literally <laughs> I wanted to die Because I, and I have been the girl, I'm like, okay, I've stayed at hostels now for like, I don't know, 10-ish years. Many hostels, I've had such good experiences, so like... Whenever people are like oh I can't do this I'm like you should pick a hostel I like you can pick higher end ones I've always had a good experience like my roommates have been like lovely or turned into friends or travel buddies and like I'm like the biggest proponent and then this happened and I was like never again I'm too fucking old for this like
2: I mean, that's like biological warfare. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, it is, that's
1: it
0: a was, crime. It's a hate crime. Yes, it
1: truly was. It was so <sighs> bad. But yeah, that has never happened to me and hopefully will never happen ever again. Okay, this was so fun. I feel like we covered <laughs> the gambit of pop culture topics. Where can the listeners find your pod and anything else you two want to plug?
0: Uh, Yeah, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. Additionally, we actually have a Patreon. So if you are interested, we call it The Old Millennial Cinematic Universe. five dollars a month uh us gets you a two bonus piece of content usually it's two bonus podcast episodes that um talk about what we've been watching lately a lot of great docuseries and documentaries on netflix hulu and beyond um and then sometimes we'll write uh really interesting think pieces or newsletters we'll talk about what we're obsessed with but five bucks a month gets you some really exciting content but You can find our podcast on Apple, uh, you can find it Spotify, find it really anywhere you listen to podcasts. We've been around for a couple seasons now, so plenty of content to get started on.
2: And our new season is coming back towards the end of September. No official date yet, but if you follow us on Instagram, we will post about it there.
1: Lovely. Well, thank you both for coming on. Thank you you for having
2: us. We had a great time. This was so much fun. I'm
1: so glad. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Emily and Marco for joining me on today's episode. You know the drill if you haven't already. Subscribe and follow me at RTBP Podcast on all social platforms so you can get updates about new episodes, guest appearances, merch, all of that fun stuff. I know school is is right around the corner for a lot of us. I work at a university, so I'll, I'm there in spirit. I'm not studying, though. That would be an absolute nightmare. But like, really, if you are starting school this week, I wish the best for you. This is like my birthday, which is on August 31st. is like my New Year's Eve. And September is like starting a new year for me. So I wish you all the best if you're starting out your school year keep your spirits up get that self-care practice down pat and let's look forward to the holidays (laughs) Um, I think that's all for me I hope you are safe and healthy out there as always I'm your host Tori and I'm ready to be petty see you soon bye